You are listening to a Blazing Caribou Studios production. The Varmints Podcast is not explicit. We will, however, acknowledge the fact that big animals sometimes use their funny-looking private parts to make little animals. So Chef Kobe against challenger Yoneda, scouted by Hiromi Go. Kobe's Anotech, a pink Yori approach, and the challenger's Rome style cooking. Two different modes of Italian cuisine with octopus as the theme. Get ready, this one's gonna be wild! On killing! Hello and welcome back to the Varmints Podcast. Every week we do a whole bunch of research to educate ourselves and you, the listener, on all things that creep, crawl, slither, fly, and swim on this planet, one animal at a time. I'm Paul and I'm not an animal expert. Hello, Paul, and uh, hello to all the uh, other Varmints out there listening. Uh, I'm also named Paul and I am also not an animal expert. Uh, This week we're going to (laughs) be coming to you with uh, an animal that's kind of, is really weird and it lives in the ocean and... uh, it's got no skeleton, and it kind of creeps me out. What do you think about that, Paul? Oh, I'm excited to talk about today's animal. This is one of my favorite animals of all time today. We are going to be talking about the octopus, so let's get right into it. The kingdom of animals is fascinating. Now I'm going to tell you about their behavior and living pattern. So come on! What in God's holy name are you blathering about? All right. Uh, So an octopus is not actually a type of fish. It is a cephalopod. Right, it's a cephalopod. So uh, it's a cephalopod along with squids. Octopuses and squids are in the same family. They're a little bit different from each other, though. Things that they have in common, they're both cephalopods. They both have eight arms. But you can tell the difference between an octopus and a squid easily by looking at their head. So an octopus has kind of a round head, whereas a squid has more of a triangular-shaped head. And the squid has two fins on their head that helps kind of guide it while it's moving. One of the main differences between the two animals is that octopuses have just two rows of suckers on their uh, arms, right? Whereas squids have suckers, but they also have these hooks that they can use to grab onto things. And, um, and you know, just I don't know what they do with the hooks because I, I didn't really look too far into squids because we're talking <laughs> about octopuses this week. Right. But, <laughs> but, uh, squids will be a different episode. Right, exactly. But uh, another interesting thing is, too, is if you get calamari, uh, that's typically squid. If you get octopus when you order calamari, someone's probably uh, pulled one over on you because usually octopus is called out by by its name, octopus. There's some contention over what the proper plural form of the word octopus is. There's three ways people typically pluralize it. There's octopuses, octopodes, and octopi. Now, in English, we don't really like octopuses because it sounds vulgar. But that's right. actually. I, I feel like I'm. I, I'm. I'm afraid that if we say octopuses too much in today's episode, we're going to get an explicit tag. <laughs> right. Exactly. But the thing is, is that's actually the accepted way to pronounce it in English. Right. Uh, How come it's not octopi? Well, the reason why it's not octopi is actually because. Uh, so when people started pluralizing it as octopi, it was because they misguidedly assumed that 
uh, octopus was a Latin word and that you pluralize Latin words that end in U.S. by changing the U.S. to an I, right? But octopus is actually not a Latin word. It's a Greek word. So the proper uh, plural of that would then be octopodes. But we don't really speak Greek or Latin in America. <laughs> so we uh, just call them octopuses normally. And if you look it up like in a dictionary or something like that, it's, t- it's likely going to be that you'll see octopuses as the pluralization. There are 300 species of octopuses. Yeah. Yeah, there's, yeah a lot, there's a lot of variation. There's a ton of variation, but what they all pretty much have in common, and I think everybody pretty much knows what an octopus looks like, they have that large head that's called a mantle, mm-hmm. and that contains all of their bodily organs. Right. And then right off of that head, they have eight arms with multiple suction cups, and what you can't see on an octopus is that they have a small, hard, hidden little beak that looks just exactly like a parrot's beak. Yeah, exactly. That beak is made out of a... A substance is called, uh, I keep wanting to call it chitin, but it's actually called chitin. Uh, right. And an interesting thing about chitin is it's actually something that's commonly used in a type of uh, surgical suture to make suture material, right? To suture thread. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. So the the, they, the chitin they use to make that thread is actually usually from shells of, of shrimp and um, crab. So they don't, they don't harvest octopi or octopuses or whatever. For uh, their chitin, because it's only that small little beak, but uh, right, it is a material that they used to make uh, sutures. Interesting. That's the only hard part of their bodies. Exactly. And if they, if there's a little opening, if their beak can fit through it, then the rest of their body can fit through it. Yeah, it's kind of weird, isn't it? Th- think about like they're squeezing their uh, three hearts down to a uh, size of a hole, and uh, you know everything inside of them, just squeezing it down. They can squeeze through a hole and then get out there as long as their beak can fit through. Three hearts. That's yeah. right. I forgot about that. Yeah, they have three hearts. They have two for each of their gills that uh, uh, gets oxygen from the water in the environment. And then they have one main heart that uh, pumps the rest of the blood that's oxygenated to the rest of their body. Octopuses are so weird. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I said at the top of the show, man. They creep me out. <laughs> <laughs> the largest is the giant Pacific octopus that mm-hmm. grows up to about 16 feet and about 110 pounds. And the smallest octopus is only about an inch long, and I forgot to write down what the name of the octopus is, but it's as cute as ever, and I'll put a picture of it in the show notes. (laughs) Cute's a relative term, just remember that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All octopuses, I didn't know this either, all octopuses are venomous. Oh, I actually didn't realize that either, so uh, tell me a little more about that, what do you know? Only that only one of those octopuses is deadly to humans, and it's the blue-ringed octopus if there was one octopus in the world that was deadly to humans, where do you think it would live? Australia. You got it. <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course. Every, it... Everything wants to kill you in Australia. Dude, I live in Florida, for God's sake, and I'm scared <laughs> to go to Australia. Yeah, you, you you have probably, in the United States, you probably have the most animals that want to kill you there. So We're the Australia of the United States, and I'm scared <laughs> to go to Australia. Yeah. yeah. By the way, do you, do you know what the difference is between venomous and poisonous? I actually do not. Okay, I'll get, here's an easy way to uh, tell the difference between venomous and poisonous and uh, keep grammar Nazis off of your back. All right. If it bites you and you die, it's venomous. Okay. If you bite it and you die, it's poisonous. <laughs> oh, how about that? I like that. That's a good way of uh, explaining it, too. I don't think I'll forget that. We do know that octopuses or cephalopods in general have quite a few uh, defense mechanisms. Why do, why do you think that is, Paul? 
Because it seems like everything in the ocean loves to eat octopuses, including other octopuses. Right, yeah, they're they're kind of a, a common thing to eat, right? That's why people like calamari so much, I guess, even though that's uh, uh, squid. But uh, one of the uh, defense mechanisms that they have to protect themselves from being eaten is that they can uh, release ink from their body. I, I think uh, that's kind of a commonly known fact about octopuses. But uh, when they release the ink, you commonly think of one of the two ways that they release it. And that is that they release like a cloud of ink that they use as like a smoke screen to kind of protect themselves. And then they swim away real quick, right? But there's, right. A, there's another way that, they, that some of the octopuses use the ink. And that is that they... Uh, have more like mucusy ink and what they do is they uh poop out this mass of ink and it makes this kind of blob <laughs> and it looks like another uh octopus type of thing right and whatever's attacking it will go after the less mobile ink blob and start attacking that right what a disappointment that must be <laughs> yeah they're just like oh it's mucus oh. <laughs> yeah imagine if you were going to eat a steak right and then you you cut it up you grab a piece put it in your mouth and you're like oh it's boogers <laughs> oh god <laughs> <laughs> That ink cloud is made from melanin, which is the same chemical that gives their, us as humans our skin color and hair color, and uh, I don't have much of that. Yeah, I'm I, pretty. Yeah. I'm the whitest white guy ever. <laughs> You're uh, incandescent, right? <laughs> almost. <laughs> I go out in the sun and I instantly burn. I have no melanin, almost no melanin at all. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. There's there's quite a variance in uh, melanin levels in. In a hopo, homo, sa- hopo sapiens, yeah, okay, homo sapiens. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the, those are people that live on trains. The other thing that ink does is it will disrupt another fish's sense of smell. Oh, it's interesting. I didn't realize that. Yeah, because so many of their predators use their sense of smell to go after them that that ink cloud uh, will confuse that. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's actually just reminded me of something I thought was pretty interesting. Uh, Paul is. Uh, that uh, the octopuses have a very good sense of touch. Not so much sight or smell, but they have a really good sense of touch. I read that their suction cups are equipped with chemoreceptors so that they can actually kind of taste what they're touching right. before they even put it in their beak. Right, so they can taste what they're touching, and they they also have like really good uh, sensation in, in their arms. The, the interesting thing about that is that they don't have... A good way of like telling you exactly where their arms are in relation to their body so they actually can't tell where their arms are they can just tell what's touching them they, they can only tell where their arms are by actually like looking at their arms that's called proprioception ah <laughs> and that's the thing that we use every single day that we take for granted and it enables us to if we're on the couch watching tv and we have an itch on our leg it enables us to reach down and scratch that itch without even looking away from the tv oh so it's not as creepy as it sounds no not really it's just <laughs> they have to actually look and see where their arm is so that they know where to move it yeah i'll be honest. whereas humans with proprioception always kind of know where each part of their body is at all times i'll be honest with you words like proprioception scare me <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I promise no big, long science words. I'm sorry, <laughs> listeners. We'll get back to the poop jokes. Yeah. <laughs> the other cool thing uh, about octopuses is their ability to camouflage and their skin cells is really, really cool. They can change color and texture so that they can just blend right in and look like a seaweed, a chunk of coral. Yeah. They can blend right in with the sand. Yeah, it's a thing that it kind of a, we know a lot of lizards can do, but uh, I guess the, uh, octopuses can do it too. 
They can. They have uh, chromatophores in their skin, which contain different uh, colors of pigments. I thought you were promising me no big words. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> There's no other little, word for it, though. So <laughs> They have these little color things in their skin. Yeah, there you go. That's more like it. <laughs> and they usually have between two or four colors, you know, yellow, orange, red, brown, black, and they can combine these colors to just sort of blend into their environment. However, mm-hmm. octopuses are technically colorblind. They only see black and white. Yeah, that's, that's kind of weird. So how do they know what color their surroundings are? Well, scientists have studied octopuses to see how exactly they do that, and they came up with a very scientific explanation, mm-hmm. uh, and it is, I don't know. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. <laughs> <laughs> they think that the shape of their pupils, because they have really jacked up looking pupils in their eyes, and that allows them to detect not color so much as maybe like a shade of gray, or they see color differently than yeah. we do. Okay, and so they obviously have some method, because they're, they're, if you ever see a, a well-camouflaged octopus, you, you can hardly tell that it's not a rock or a piece of coral or something like that. So they're pretty adept somehow. And I guess we're just like the uh, scientific community, and we say, eh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so another way that... Uh, that octopuses can uh, sort of protect themselves from predators is uh, if their camouflage fails and they get spotted by something like, say, a sea turtle or something, and the turtle kind of gets a jump on it and maybe grabs one of its limbs, uh, octopuses have what's called autotomy, which means that they can... um, Nice job. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) That was a difficult one. You have no idea how hard that was. But but they can uh, actually just randomly, or not randomly, but at will release a limb and let the uh, turtle have it and then go off along their merry way. Man, I thought sea turtles were nice. No, not not all sea turtles, at least. Uh, I I do know that uh, sea turtles like to eat octopuses. Jeez, I did not know that. (laughs) Yeah, that's actually... One of the places when I where I was reading about the ink that is more mucousy, it was about how a bunch of baby sea turtles were chasing an octopus, and the octopus like farted out some of that ink, and then they, they attacked <laughs> the ink, and then the octopus got away before they realized what was happening. We got to stop with those technical scientific terms. <laughs> hey, you know me, man. <laughs> uh, it turns out that that is not the only thing that octopuses can detach. Oh, yeah? Mating is kind of a dangerous proposition for an octopus. They are solitary creatures. They, they, you will never see a pack or a herd of octopus. They live alone. Right. Uh, generally, the females are, are a lot bigger than the males. Yeah. And when a male approaches a female to mate, sometimes he'll get eaten. Yeah, that's true. Uh, just to kind of backtrack a little bit, the life expectancy of a, a octopus is only six months to five years, typically. Right. So. So uh, it turns out that the reason that most of them die is because they reproduced. Like, as you, for an example, they might get eaten after they reproduce. Right, or they just become so physically weak after mating or after laying eggs that they just die. Mating is a bad thing right. if you're an octopus, right. whether Actu- you're a male or a female. Actually, going, going to that uh, portion of the reproductive system of octo- octopuses... The females actually uh, get so obsessed with their eggs after they lay them that that's why they get weak after they die, because they stop eating. They just forget about everything, just focus solely on the eggs, and then don't eat, and then eventually starve to death. 
Right. Yeah. That <laughs> that will shorten your lifespan considerably. Right. So, but the thing is, is how do we get those eggs fertilized? We haven't really uh, thought about that yet. Well, yeah, because octopuses generally don't have the same standard, you know, penis vagina kind of configuration that every other animal does. Right. Right. They have to mate somehow. Yeah. So, uh, what what do they do, Paul? Well, in the case of the Argonaut octopus, okay, all octopuses have an arm that is specially designed so that it can inseminate the female in a hole in her mantle, which I don't know what that hole is called. I don't really want to know. We could just call it the mant hole. The, oh, the mant hole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. People are going to unsubscribe with all these scientific terms. <laughs> the Argonaut octopus, the male so that it doesn't die, will actually rip that specialized arm off Throw it at the female and then swim away. <laughs> and then grow a new one. It's like, here, take it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, is they can uh, hold on to that, that uh, appendage and actually keep the uh, sperm inside of it alive for a, a little while until their eggs are mature. Or I guess, uh, yeah, I guess eggs, whatever they're called. I think they're eggs. Yeah. That sounds about right. Yeah. They lay like... Two two hundred thousand eggs or something like that. Yeah, at a time. I, I mean it varies per per species, but it's a ton of eggs, no matter which one. Oh, uh, what else? Uh, I think I, that's it. Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Uh, I mean, where do you go from detachable peni? <laughs> <laughs> Let's just go right into pop culture. <laughs> we'll do that right after this. Hi there, this is Brett Stewart from Geek Cinema Society. Are you a film lover? Do you consider yourself a connoisseur of the silver screen? Well, Geek Cinema Society is a weekly roundtable program where each episode we touch on a film considered pivotal to geek culture. From Blade Runner to The Goonies to Mad Max, we dig into it all. Plus, our guest each week hasn't seen that week's film until the episode. Join me and my co-hosts, Nicole Davis and David Luzader, on a spectacularly fun journey that hits your podcast feed every Sunday. Available on Blazing Caribou Studios. Alright, we're back. Uh, You know, whether they're the ones actually doing all the work or they're only the comic relief, movies, TV, and video games are loaded with animals and the octopus is no exception. So let's talk about where we most commonly see octopuses, not in nature or in a zoo or in an aquarium, but on a screen. Right. uh, If you've watched any movies in the last decade or so, you might remember seeing a classic scene in a movie where you have to release the kraken. Release the kraken. (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes just to be funny, like at 6.30 in the morning after I've had my first cup of coffee, I will yell from the bathroom, release the Kraken. <laughs> yeah, that's just when you're, when you're getting your morning stream going, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. It always gets a laugh. Uh, <laughs> I think I might get punched for saying that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so Kraken's just like a, a big octopus that likes to attack ships, right? Yeah, that's the thing you see in all those oldie-time drawings of the big octopus coming up from, uh, you know, under a ship and wrapping its tentacles around it and breaking it up and... Sinking it to the bottom of the ocean. Yeah, it's a, it's to, J- a, to Davy Jones's locker. Right, exactly. It's a classic uh, enemy of humankind since like uh, antiquity. Right. I like the classic octopus kraken. I didn't really like 
the Clash of Titans Kraken, the which was Kraken, yeah. Yeah, I didn't like that one so much. It was more of that. That one reminded me more of like Godzilla or something. I like the classic octopus. Yeah, I do too. I think I think like when you see those old timey drawings where it's like uh, you could tell they clearly drew it, so they could you know transfer to a metal plate and print a bunch of them like those those uh, era drawings, and those are all octopuses from what I've seen. So those are, that's my favorite representation that's my Kraken. of the Kraken. Yeah. Mine too. Yeah. One of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies had a Kraken in it that was the classic octopus. I just saw it the other day. I forget which Pirates of the Caribbean movie it was. I, I don't remember myself. I think I've only actually seen the first Pirates of the Caribbean, but I don't remember if there was a Kraken in it or not. No, it wasn't the first one. And actually, the first one is the only one you really need to see. The <laughs> okay. other ones are not. They're not that good. <laughs> okay, fair enough. They should have just stopped at the first one. It was That was perfect. Yeah. Moving on from crack, it's uh, one of the uh, other places you might hear of octopuses is in the Marvel Universe. Uh, there's a, a villain for Spider-Man called Dr. Octopus. So this is a little bit more uh, famous than the bat villain we had a, a while back, right? Otto Octavius, Dr. Octopus. Yeah, he's he's definitely fits that, that old old school theme of like, oh, oh, you know, like uh, alliteration <laughs> in uh, villain names or character names in general because Peter Parker is PP, right? So... <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah he uh made himself a couple of mechanical arms and with those arms and his two arms and his legs he's got eight and so he's dr octopus right. and then there was an explosion and those arms got fused to his spine now i'm only really familiar with the dr octopus in the spider-man movie that was a few years ago yeah i'm not too familiar with the comic book version of dr octopus are you yeah except uh, i don't really remember his uh origin story too well i i think it was some sort of laboratory accident i don't know if it was the same as in the movie or not but the point is is the villain is pretty similar to the way he's depicted in the in the movies he's a scientist that kind of went a little nutty i didn't know if that was canon or not because in the movie an explosion it fuses those arms to his spine Mm -hmm. so he's stuck with those arms and then he has to turn to a life of crime because his work stopped being funded. Yeah. And then he had to start like robbing banks and stealing to continue his research. But I didn't know, not being familiar with the comic books, I didn't know if that was canon or if that made people upset. A lot of things in those Spider-Man movies made people upset. I don't know if that was one of them. I feel like uh, usually that stuff is pretty much uh, close enough. So, you know. If you're getting that upset over somebody's depiction in a Spider-Man movie... You know, I, 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 don't, don't, I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I, I don't want to say anything bad about our listeners. <laughs> no, just, just kidding. Uh, but no, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's just, just remember sometimes when you go to see a movie, it's supposed to be dumb entertainment and uh, it doesn't always need to be like an exact representation of what you find in a book or, or in right. a comic book, right? So yeah, people who are like, that wasn't canon and it's like, just, just enjoy it. Come on. <laughs> yeah. It, it was uh, Alfred Merle. Oh, I can't say his name. Alfred Molina, who is Dr. Octopus. He did good. He did, was good. He did a good job in that movie. Yeah, I enjoyed his performance. I thought it was pretty good. Uh, if you want to go on the internet and find the official website, I don't know if this is the official website for octopuses or not, but it's the only one I could really find. <laughs> the cephalopod page... Oh, brother, I cannot talk. Cephalopod? The cephalopodpage.org. That's a lot of P's in a row, man. That's, that's pretty tough. <laughs> I'll put a link up so that people don't have to worry about spelling it. <laughs> sure, yeah. Um, it's a, again, it's a, a cool animal with a 
not a very great website. It was put together <laughs> in 1995. It even says so at the bottom, right. and it has not. It does. It looks probably the same today as it did back then. It's never been updated. All right, because that's kind of like the uh, Hawaiian myth of creation. There is like various different universes or whatever. Like there's like a cycle where the, the world gets destroyed and put back together, and the octopus is what has survived in between the two worlds right so it's been around so long that you don't really need to update that page because there's nothing new about it <laughs> right <laughs> and we just missed it was october 8th we just missed world octopus day ah oh, damn i didn't do anything for it i didn't either ah. <laughs> if it was if it was on my calendar world octopus day i would have woke up i would have saw that and i would have said oh cool it's world octopus day and then i would have just gone about whatever i was gonna do with my day i would have called in sick to work and just to see if they would let me have it off i would have been like hey world octopus day guys come on you know this is serious business <laughs> yeah. claim it's a religious holiday yeah yeah there you go octopuses paul they are pretty smart animals yeah just kind of like dr octopus in the comic books they uh they can use tools to their advantage you know what i mean and they can escape like in, from aquariums that's why people don't really keep them as pets very often because they are very observant creatures and if there is any flaw or any opening that they can get out of they will get out of it yeah they will exploit everything they can to their advantage and if there's a tool around to use like uh they'll use it so i guess most of the tools i've seen octopuses use though in my travels uh through the internet uh, have been, uh, they use, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't really go around anywhere. I stay in Chicago, but my travels are virtual, but, uh, <laughs> but they use like, uh, shells for like old animal shells, discarded ones to protect themselves. Right. So uh, they, I guess I haven't seen them use anything like a hammer or anything like that, but no. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put them past them with those big gangly arms though. Right. Yeah. They can like when they're in, um, aquariums and tanks and people in lab coats are, are messing with them and giving them like jars to open they can pretty they can figure that out pretty quickly yeah which is especially impressive considering that they actually have to look at their arms to see what they're doing because otherwise they don't right. really know where they're oriented in space right yes on a scale of one to ten i think i'm gonna give the octopus about a six and a half I, I feel like I'm a little more impressed by their abilities than, than you are, maybe, because I was going to give them an eight. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I could see that. I think there's octopuses that are actually smarter than people that I've worked with at other jobs. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, eight eight seems about right. Yeah, sure, I'll I mean, go along with that. I mean, I've had trouble getting out of buildings before, and the octopus would probably figure out how to do it. So, you know. <laughs> and that's one of the reasons that I won't eat an octopus yeah, because uh, it's it's kind of a widely accepted fact that they experience pain, right? Right. And and pe yeah. people will eat raw octopuses, and it's just that's kind of terrifying to me to think that you would eat, eat a raw octopus, and the whole time this it's just like imagine if something was eating you. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's terrible, right, man. So. I have actually eaten octopus um, before. I had canned octopus one time, which was just awful. Yeah, it's that's really not my thing. I'm not into that type that type of seafood so yeah and i know you don't like sushi either right no i hate sushi yeah i had um sushi one time i had one piece of octopus sushi and i thought oh it'll be sushi it'll be a lot better i'll like octopus and it just had a flavor that was just kind of 
off and yeah. it was rubbery and it just was not a and then I learned more about octopuses and how cool they were and I was like oh, I can't eat these things they're too cool yeah yeah it's not not quite my thing it's actually they're they're so intelligent that there's a lot of countries that have a list of uh experimental animals uh where if you perform surgery on them you can't do it without anesthesia because they're too intelligent right and octop- octopuses are usually on that list for uh countries that have lists like that so yeah i wouldn't eat an octopus are they doing surgery on octopuses uh yeah they they do experiments on octopuses so one of the oh, okay experiments I, i'm thinking surgery like they have to repair a, an injured octopus no yeah so one of the things that uh, they've done is they've taken a female octopus that had just laid its eggs right and for some reason they got a, a, an idea to separate the uh, nerves that connect their eyes to the rest of their nervous system to see if they would uh, act any differently and it turns out the octopus will then start eating again and not really pay as much attention to their eggs so it's weird but and it's kind of a it feels like a really cruel thing to do and I kind of don't really like those experiments it reminds me of uh, uh, we didn't bring this up in the episode but when uh, scientists were researching how bats uh, flew and navigated, they would actually take uh, like hot needles and stick them into their eyes to blind them. Oh, geez, that's not cool. Yeah, so so it's just some of these experiments. Like, sure, they might advance science, but they're a little little brutal for me. Oh, geez, be nice to people. Be nice. I mean, to be animals, nice. Yeah. <laughs> be nice to animals. Be nice to people too. And I guess the other reason I I don't want to eat octopus anymore is because you really have a like a one in eight chance of eating an octopus's penis. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I'm I'm not into it. <laughs> it might be a delicacy somewhere, but not not to me. You got any final thoughts on octopuses this week? No, I think we covered it pretty well. I think we did too. That was a fun one. Yeah, I liked it. Hey, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, the Varmints Podcast is produced by me, Paul Chomo, and Paul Wilk. With technical support by Matthew Chomo and Paul Wilk. And the music, as always, is by Kevin McLeod. You can go to BlazingCaribouStudios.com for links to the audio and our show notes where we put pictures and videos and website links and all sorts of extra information that we couldn't cover on today's podcast. Go check that out. Uh, We are also on Twitter and Instagram at VarmintsPodcast, all one word. And, of course, our email is VarmintsPodcast, all one word, at gmail.com. You can send us your questions, your comments, your stories, any suggestions that you have for animals that you want to hear us talk about. Let us know, VarmintsPodcast at gmail.com. That's going to do it for this week. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, be nice to animals. Bye! You've been listening to a Blazing Caribou Studios production. Support and subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash blazingcariboustudios. Any one of you lily-livered, bow-legged varmints care to slap leather with me? In case any of you get any ideas, you better know who you're dealing with. I'm the hootinest, tootinest, shootinest, bobtail wildcat in the West. I'm the fastest gun north, south, east, and west of the Pecos. I'm the